Well, hello, everybody, and thank you uh, once again for listening to the ESG podcast. This afternoon, I'm talking to Josh Cole, who's from Peregrine Communications, whose research um, called Making a Difference, Marketing a Difference on ESG was absolutely fascinating reading when we were thinking of content to put on our Keeping Current page. That research and access to it will be available on the Keeping Current page after this podcast goes live. But whilst I've got the researcher sitting in front of me, I thought I'd just ask you, Josh, and thank you very much for for doing this. What were overall your findings? Because this was the first piece of research you had done specifically on ESG, wasn't it? Yeah, that's, a, that's exactly right, Clive. Thank you very much, Paul, for having me on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to, to, uh, to be on your podcast. Um, we very much enjoyed some of your, your other episodes. It's uh, a pleasure to, pleasure to be on. I think I should really just start by saying that this was obviously our inaugural piece of research. I think it was something that was very much driven by the fact that we felt like there was a lot of marketers like ourselves, a lot of uh, communication strategists like ourselves, talking about ESG without any foundation really of, in a lot of cases, data underlining what they were saying. And really, we felt like there was a huge opportunity to try and add something to, not, not just to the, to the world of marketing and ESG, but also to help guide our clients in a more effectual way, using data to help them make some really serious decisions when it comes to their priorities and their sort of marketing strategies over the next year or so. In terms of the research, just so everybody's aware, it's targeted particularly at asset managers, isn't it? That's the sweet spot in the financial services yes. sector that you're operating in. Yeah. yeah. Let's imagine I'm an asset manager. What what would you say were the, the main takeaways, you know, top level from the research? I think in terms of the key findings, I mean, I think I can probably summarize them really briefly. I think the key thing really is that we're seeing uh, from the underlying data, a huge increase in the amount of content being created around ESG. That's not going to be a huge surprise to anybody, but actually, you know, for example, when we're looking at tier one media titles, so really serious media titles around the world, there's been a 67% increase in ESG related content just in the last 12 months until we did the research. You know, there's a huge, huge increase there, which is very indicative, I think, of the increasing interest that we also see from our, from our research in, in the topic. When we're looking at interest, you know, we're looking at things like the increase in the amount of social media engagement on the topic, in the amount of search traffic for ESG-related phrases. You know, our research showed a 63% increase in searches globally for ESG-related content, and we looked at, we looked at 70 or, or more uh, phrases that people would have been searching for. So there's a huge increase in all of those, in all of those terms. There was also a 36% increase in social media engagement with, with uh, these topics as well. So you're seeing a lot of, proportionally, as the amount of content's increased, actually that we're seeing even more uh, engagement from their, their audience with this content as well, which is really uh, obviously very encouraging for those of us who want to see the industry do better on, on, these, on these topics. The final thing I just wanted to say on that point is that there's a, there is a challenge there for those of us who are in this uh, marketing communications world in the, in the asset management space, which is that of the 70 or, or more themes that we looked at, more than a third of those are massively over-indexed by managers when they're talking about these topics. So essentially, people are piling into a lot of the same topics without really adding, adding anything new in terms of uh, insight or, or sort of wisdom, if you like, to, to the conversation. So I think that's something we'd like to see uh, change, and hopefully this report is a, a step in the right direction. And if I was an asset manager trying to gain attention for the strategy that I'm adopting on behalf of my client, I'm very surprised that social media should be quite so important. Clearly, historically, asset managers have been a a slightly, let's describe it as a genteel, if not 
also cutthroat industry um, populated by a certain type of person. Are you suggesting through this research that actually the internet has democratised um, asset management to an extent? Is that, is that one of the, the themes that the research perhaps could be uh, used to draw on? I mean, I think there's two, there's two ways of, you certainly can uh, take that view. I think there's two things to, to say here. I think the first is that, you know, there's a whole host of evidence, including our own, but also from other, other research institutions like uh, Greenwich Associates that shows, uh, you know, that institutional and also retail um, audiences are really genuinely engaging with um, investment themes through platforms like LinkedIn, for example. Um, you know, it's, it's almost part of the sort of first initial DD that anybody might do. Um, I think on the other side of things, um, you know, I think there's, there's also the fact that there's internal pressure on asset managers because there's, you know, one of the strategic concerns is how do we speak to new generations? How do we, how do we speak a language that resonates with what, it, what, you know, what is going to be the, you know, our future audiences? So I think, you know, even internally, there's a, there's an understanding that there needs to be a consideration of, of different mediums, and that obviously includes uh, social media. Now, let's assume for a second, suspended disbelief there, Josh, that I'm a board director of an asset manager, um, and I've heard of this thing called the Twitter. Um, of all, <laughs> of yeah. all of the social platforms that you were looking at, is there one um, that comes to the fore? I'm going to suggest that it's probably LinkedIn, but is that just because of my own personal prejudice, or is that actually borne out by the data? Um, I would say for the moment, it's still going to be LinkedIn. So that's your, your, hunch is, your hunch is entirely correct. I think there's a few things that we love about LinkedIn. Firstly, um, you know, it's, a, it's, ob it's obviously the B2B platform, essentially. Uh, we also love the fact that, you know, if you're going to use it as your own publishing platform, you can be super, super targeted with the people you're going after um, in, you know, in terms of you know, their job title, seniority, region, that sort of thing, sector, etc. However, what I would also say is, and this is probably going to surprise you a little bit, we're also starting to see Instagram become a really, really critical platform. Also, for you know, not just for sharing images, but also for sharing content and promoting it. No, that's going to sound a bit weird, but actually, you know, I'm starting to see really serious, really serious brands like um, Bloomberg and and Goldman Sachs using Instagram as a as a as a platform to actually promote content to their audiences. Uh, one of the reasons for this is that it has quite a premium, quite a premium feel. It's got, it's, it's very mel uh, millennial friendly, mm -hmm. but also it's targeting is extremely sophisticated. So you can go after people um, based on their interests, uh, their patterns of behavior, this sort of thing. Uh, and you can actually build that quite sophisticated audience targeting as well. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's a lot, there's a lot to be uh, said for, for Instagram as a content promotion platform. Well, the eagle-eyed listener will have noticed that uh, the ESG Foundation has got an Instagram account and also it's on Twitter and it's on LinkedIn. Um, but it occurred to me that I, I can see why you'd, said you'd segment the potential target audiences by, by um, different social media platform. Um, I was having a conversation recently with somebody about Twitter, the fact that perhaps we're suffering from so much overload of information. Has the way that, let's be specific about Twitter, has the way that it it um, aggregates all people, all knowledge. Is it exhausting people? I, I can understand an argument for Instagram appealing to say 20 or 30 year olds. I can understand an argument for LinkedIn, um, finding people who would have otherwise worn suits to work. Um, 
does Twitter actually have a role, do you think? Where, where, where do asset managers go next to try to find a new audience? I think, I think you've touched on something that is important there. Um, I think, I think your, your, sort of, your, your assertion is basically uh, correct that actually Twitter is really struggling with its, its raison d'etre. I think where it is useful is in is kind of where it sits in the in the sort of architecture of the way that information flows around the internet. Um, if you're a journalist, you are not going to be uh, waking up and trawling through LinkedIn to, to see what content is going to grab your attention or what stories are going to be uh, of interest to you and your readers. You are much more likely to be on uh, Twitter looking for you know GCD stories or things you need to to get on top of. Um, I think as a medium, it's 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 much more effective in terms of that that uh, that sort of uh, flow of narrative and, and stories, um, if that makes sense. So um, let's cut to the chase. Who's doing this best, and who do you think's got still a lot to learn? Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's actually much easier to talk about which firms are doing it best because uh, there are some really standout performers in the in the space. Um, Name names. They'll I be pleased. Rubico is an obvious. Uh, stand-up performer. I've I've referenced them a number of times in the past. I think not only not only do they walk the walk, they also do a very good job of talking the talk. So there's some things I love about the way that they uh, communicate their their ESG uh, credentials. I think one one uh, one thing that's brilliant is that um, you know they they really they almost offer forward guidance to the market. So they had like a, uh, an FT. Um, profile earlier in the year, which was basically setting out its stool and saying, these are the five topics that we're going to own this year in terms of the ESG conversation. These are going to be our five core themes. So, you know, you've got, you know, things like biodiversity or deforestation. And actually what that means is they can be really, really focused and they, they can say, we're going to own these topics. Um, whereas, you know, a lot of other peers would tend to be more uh, scattergun and, and it would be more about, about sort of new ESG hires or, or sort of perhaps their sort of um, their way of integrating ESG into their approach, which is, you know, useful, but it's less interesting than setting out your stall and owning a few topics. Uh, Schroeder's is really, really good as well um, for, for not dissimilar reasons. Um, it's obviously a very different sort of company, but they, they, you know, and our analysis shows this for anybody who wants to look at our report, they can see uh, some, some, some more detailed information on this. Um, but yeah, Schroeder's, Schroeder's is, is a very sophisticated player across the board anyway. Um, anybody particularly, Schroeder's of course UK, any, anybody particular, most of our listeners are actually based in the UK. Um, in, in terms of the trends then that come out of your, your report, is there anything else that um, we, we might look at in terms of things to learn for the next six months? I mean, for instance, are you going to do the report again or is it, was it a one-off, do you think? Uh, I think we probably will do the research again next year as well. Um, I think the, the response has, has been very encouraging, so that that'll certainly make it much more likely that uh, that uh, that we do it again. And also, you know, our clients find it useful. So, um, and in terms of quantum, how many asset managers actually do you cover, or do you, how many are involved? Just so I've got some idea of the quantity of research that we're doing. Um, so, in terms of the research we did, we were primarily looking at. Uh, the themes themselves rather okay. than managers right. um, we did look we did look at um, we did look at about sixteen managers in in more detail hmm. um, to see who was sort of owning the space in terms of share of voice and things like that um, but um, 
you know, we were, you know, mainly our concern was to, to do some research that was going to shed light on which topics managers should be spending more time talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's well worth looking at your research, if only because every time I see um, an asset manager saying, or, or an, even an, uh, an in-house team saying they've just recruited an ESG specialist, my heart sinks because they've really they've got the opportunity to actually say so much more other than that they've you know they've recruited Mrs. Smith. Um, but uh, yeah. the research that you've got was is, is fascinating, and um, it, it will appear um, after this, as I say, on the Keeping Current page. So. For anybody that's listening to the podcast that wants to actually look through it, I would um, I would commend uh, Josh's um, research to you. Um, I think we'll leave it there, Josh, if that's okay. Maybe we can pick up um, what's happened in the next six months um, in, at, at the, in the new year. I think you'll certainly find that there's, um, you said there was a 67% related increase in content um, on ESG-related matters. I think it'll probably be nearer 200%. Um, by the time we say get to right. February, March, yeah, um, and and good. That's a that's a good thing, isn't it? Um, but um, I think I'll leave it there and just say thank you very much for spending time this afternoon just explaining what the research was about. Um, it will be available on our website um, or a link to your and um, back to a Peregrine Communications. Um, if anyone's enjoyed listening to this podcast, and um, please let them know and also direct them to our LinkedIn account. Um, also Twitter and Instagram if that's uh, if that's their bag uh, but for the time being at least Josh um, thank you very much for your time thanks Clive thanks a lot